Welcome to STEM Four's podcast, Understanding Teen Minds, where we explore the world of teenage mental health, looking at everything from signs and symptoms to early intervention. STEM Four is a charity that promotes positive mental health in teenagers and those who support them. This includes their families and carers, education professionals, as well as school nurses and GPs. STEM Four's mission is to foster the development of good mental health in teenagers by enhancing early understanding and awareness, and providing mental health education and resilience strategies. Join us as we open up the conversation on young people's mental health. Hello, and welcome to STEM Four Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Dr. Nahara Krause, and I am the CEO and founder of STEM4, a teenage mental health charity based in London. I'm also a consultant clinical psychologist with many years of experience in a variety of mental health settings and a passion for improving the mental health of our young people. In today's episode, we are going to look at some factors that might trigger low self-esteem. So some of the things that trigger low self-esteem, which is the way that we perceive ourselves in based on our own opinions, but also in relation to opinions about ourselves, is negative feedback. And a common challenge for boys often is negative feedback that they get from school or college around difficulty in paying attention, or indeed uh, the feedback that they get around their behavior or academic performance. Now, this is because neurodevelopment in boys often happens a little later than girls. And so it's very hard for them to sit still or pay attention. Um, and they may get restless or behave more impulsively based on what developmental stage they are. And as they get more restless and as they shout out answers, uh, as they're perhaps a bit more silly and they kind of don't know when to rein in a joke, uh, that often draws negative attention and punishment. And if this is something that a young person is constantly experiencing within either a school setting or indeed within a family setting, then they may start to feel not so good about themselves in the context of a team effort. So recognizing that sitting still, paying attention is difficult. And particularly if they have a neurodevelopmental condition such as ADHD, for example, then it's even harder. Um, it would be good to start to discuss both with school and also within the family in terms of how you manage shorter spurts of good behavior. And so part of that would be to help them to develop focus by doing the activities they like, followed on by the activities they find difficult. You want a praise effort. And even if the effort is for a very short amount of time, you would want them to say, okay, I can see that you really sort of tried not to fidget and you kind of tried not to rock your, rock your chair. And I'm really, really pleased that you're trying it. So how about we try it now for the you know, half of the lesson? Um, and help them to do challenging activities outside of school that help them to develop confidence so that they can say, okay, so, you know, sitting still and listening to a lesson is hard for me, but I can rock climb 
for example, so that they can then start to create a bit more of a balance so that they don't feel that overall, just because they do have a difficulty in paying attention um, or managing their behavior, that they are globally uh, someone who's not particularly good. So developing pockets of self-esteem and values until their developmental level can help them to also create kind of self-confidence in all the other things they do. Another factor that triggers low self-esteem is a lack of acceptance or belonging to a peer or social group. Now, this is really difficult for them, but it can also be really difficult for you because if they come back and they say, I haven't played with anyone today or I'm not, I'm not part of a group, I haven't been invited to something uh, that everybody else is going to, um, that's really upsetting for them. It's also really upsetting for you because you may want to sort of, you know, comfort them, which is a good thing, but it might also be that you want to sort of rush and be angry with the group that's excluding them. So what's helpful in this instance, firstly, is to really listen and to try and not rush into solving. So ask them what hurts rather than making assumptions. Um, Help them to identify exactly what it is that's upsetting them and then help them to express what they feel. So Identifying something might be, well, I'm really upset that my friend didn't actually say to the other friend who's having a party that I should be invited. So the upset for them then that what you're identifying is that it's not so much about not going to the party. It's actually about their friend letting them down. And if that's the case, then help them to perhaps have a chat with their friend or to express exactly what they feel or to link up with an alternative friend. And make sure that whatever the situation might be that is impacting on them has passed. And if not, then you might want to continue to look at sources for help. And that might also involve expanding the group that might be supporting them, including discussing that at school. The third factor that might impact on someone's self-esteem is excessive competition. So young people do grow up in a competitive world and there is often a focus on boys uh, in terms of competing and that competition might come between themselves, you know, amongst themselves, who's the strongest, fittest. It might come from families, it might come from school and it might also come from what they see online Um, and the areas might be, you know, how can you be the best, the strongest, the fastest, the cleverest. So, Is competition good? You know, there are schools of thought that say that competition is what sort of helps people to push themselves forward and motivate them. And there are other schools of thought that say that actually competition uh, isn't particularly helpful. So I think what's helpful is to help them to start to be competitive with themselves. How can they get their personal best? What do they have to do? Uh, And part of that also might be to encourage them to do things that are non-competitive, to learn to fail and to learn from failure. But most importantly, and not many people talk about this, how to learn to win gracefully. Because, you know, saying to somebody, oh, I'm better than you, uh, I always win uh, over you in terms of cards, is also not really the best way forward in terms of developing positive self-esteem or indeed being kind. It's also helpful to start to think a little bit about whether there is much talk about difference or being better. So don't compare, 
talk of difference rather than of who might be better than. Don't encourage negative talk, such as calling people wimps or losers. And try and think a little bit about using varied role models. And part of that might also be to think about the sort of competitive talk that there might be within the family. Because if the family is really competitive, if you have siblings who are really competitive or parents who are really competitive, then you will be incredibly powerful role models in terms of what that young person feels they have to be. So help them if they are needing to be competitive on how to get the best of themselves, but also how to deal with disappointment and how to deal with failure as and when it happens. Uh, another factor that leads to low self-esteem are social stereotypes. For example, the social stereotype for boys around not showing vulnerability or the boys don't cry movement, as it might be. And part of gender stereotypes is to make boys feel very pressurized into being aggressive, into being strong emotionally as well as physically, into developing a physique that everybody else might enjoy and appreciate. And part of that, again, might be part of a normal growth spurt. So, you know, at certain edges when you're perhaps starting to notice differences in body around 13, 12, 13, 14, you might want to kind of fall into a gender stereotype where everybody might admire you. That is not going to lead to negative self-esteem. However, if they do feel upset about things and they might be bottling up that upset, then that might lead them to feel like they might be failing what is a gender stereotype or an expectation of them. So teach them to identify and communicate their thoughts and emotions, share in emotional discussions, whether that's something that they might be watching on TV with you, um, and discuss personal experiences of loss and change. And part of that might be to also talk about figures they really look up to. So that might be um, a parent and talk about times when you felt really emotional and how you expressed that emotion so that that way around they can see that uh, vulnerability isn't a negative. There's a lot that's written about media influence in terms of self-esteem and self-image and that might be through role models, fashion, the fashion industry, social media or indeed technology. So here, what's helpful is to help them to find their group and to learn about diversity and to boost self-esteem by belonging. But that's really difficult because part of growing up is to look for similarities rather than for differences. And so at certain ages, particularly around about the age of nine, onwards till about 14 or 15, you are looking to connect through similarity. And if you feel that you're not the same, then that can impact on your self-esteem. So talk to them about, you know, are they similar? In what ways are they different? Are there things that they can do to help boost their uh, similarities in terms of perhaps going out or having shared interests? Are there things that perhaps they might accept and celebrate are different? Um, and part of that might be also to talk about their online life, keeping in mind that young people get really embarrassed or avoidant about talking about their online life, partly because it's private. So it's a bit like asking them to share a diary, perhaps, uh, but also because they don't want to admit it has a negative influence on them in case you tell them that they need to give it up.
So really try and understand the importance of their online life. What does it give to them? What do they gain from it? Have Be open to communication. Try not to kind of immediately rush in with sanctions, even if you hear something that you don't like. Talk to them again about how it might impact on them negatively and explore with them the negative consequences of where their online behavior can lead them to. And keep that conversation going, uh, but also provide opportunities for them to learn about real life connections and what quality relationships look like so that they can start to reflect on what's working and what's not. And part of that is also to learn how to be assertive, both online and offline. There have been a number of studies that indicate that boys do experience a number of negative experiences, particularly around being bullied, around being picked on, about being mugged, for example. And often when bad things happen to people, they look for explanations because it helps them to feel that they have a degree of control over what's happened and in order that they can protect themselves from it happening again. So if a young person is blaming themselves for a negative event, that might then trigger a lot of self-beliefs. So for example, if they were picked on, it might, and they're blaming themselves, then they might trigger a negative self-belief such as I'm a real weak person, or I was really stupid to put myself in that situation. You know, I'm, I'm too trusting of people. And then this type of thinking will lead them to put them down. So if you have got a young person who's thinking that way, try and find that out. And then perhaps get them to start to reflect on whether there might be other factors that could have also led them to believing it. So help them to start to not blame themselves for negative events that they aren't actually causal of. And again, think about this as not happening over one discussion, see it as happening over a series of discussions. And I think a very helpful piece of information for parents is to realize that we can't always erase bad memories. If bad things have happened, they will be associated with bad memories. But what we can do is to help young people to build a positive narrative on top of that so that it helps them to grow and to be hopeful. So I'll give you an example of that in a minute. But to start with, it means that you listen, you provide them with a different perspective to the one that they believe, you recognize that their that their guilt uh, that they, if they feel guilty, that that's about helping them to focus on their strengths at that time. So for example, you might want to say, I can hear that that was a really scary experience for you. I can see that you were really up, you're really upset that you went out at a time when, you know, we'd agreed it was out of curfew time and that then that bad thing happened to you. But I'm really proud that you were so dignified and didn't hit back. So you're focusing on a strength that they used at that time. You can also use it to help them to learn about something in the future. I'm sure you'll be able to put into practice what you've learned should you ever have to face anything even remotely similar to this. Or actually act on someone else's behalf if they have to face it. 
And then you can provide them with another message of positivity, which is even if it's scary, with our help and support and small baby steps that you take to change, you will be able to get through this and get back on track. And so all of those, which is a really supportive message to help a young person to deal with something that's really affected their confidence, self-esteem, will help them to get back on track. hope you found today's episode helpful if you did then please do leave us a great review wherever you get your podcasts if you'd like more information you can find a wealth of resources on our website at stem4.org.uk and you can also follow us on instagram twitter facebook and linkedin at stem4.org links to our website and our five free apps designed specifically for young people can be found in podcast description hope you'll join us for our next episode. Until then, keep well. Goodbye.